Welcome to episode 11 of the TCCG Roundtable. We're your hosts, Dragon Rider and Atachi, joined this week by the wonderful and lovely Based Inc. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. Yeah. Now, we usually, this is our first episode of 2023, by the way. Yay, New Year. Also, happy <laughs> New Year. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so we usually like to start out with like a little bit of behind the scenes and kind of getting to know our guest a bit. So first we would like to know, can you please tell everyone, uh, tell us kind of about your history with card games. Like what got you into cards? What card games have you played? I know we were talking about that a little bit before we went live. Um, you know, and, and what do you do involving card games? Like, do you do any content stuff? Do you go to tournaments? Um, you know, what, what all is it that you've kind of done or currently do with cards in general? Yeah. Um, okay. So I started with, uh, Pokemon, which had no idea, just got the cards. They were shiny and fun. Uh, and then the first game I actually played was Yu-Gi-Oh! Uh, I still remember going to my first tournament, uh, literally just every card that I had, which of course I read the rules and I took out the extra monster borns and had only three of each, but every other card I had in a deck, um, good, like uh, four inch tall deck, um, <laughs> to the tournament. Uh, and then somebody's like, Hey, you know, um, you should really have less. <laughs> so they, they, they actually you know, got me a bunch of staples out of like, uh, their extras and like, help me, you know, reduce that. And so that was like the first time I ever. I played a tournament, but Yu-Gi-Oh is like the main thing I played for a long time. Um, still love Yu-Gi-Oh. I have a, a cube that I built that uh, I play with uh, friends whenever I see them. And recently I uh, played a bit of Master Duel. But um, after Yu-Gi-Oh, that was like, didn't really play much card games until Hearthstone came out and immediately hooked with Hearthstone. Uh, that's been playing since. Um, started uh, the second month of the official release. Um and uh, I've tried a bunch of other ones. I've tried like uh, Feria, uh, Eternal, uh, Shadowverse. Um, there was like one I had on iOS that I really enjoyed that was quite similar to Hearthstone, but like had a much more focus on your hero as well. I have no idea what that game was called, but I played that for a little bit. Um, and like now, um, you know, mostly what I do is Hearthstone occasionally. Um, you know, Master Duel when I try it out. Um, and I really like board games, uh, especially deck building uh, board games. So that is um, one of my favorite things. And then as far as like what I, I do, I am uh, on the board for THL. Um, so, you know, help make sure that it's running all fine. And um, yeah, that's uh, mostly what I do. Uh, maybe in the future, I'll get into the Pokemon trading card game. I think I'd like to play a physical card game. And that's kind of a a nice affordable one and is something that I still love uh, as far as the what it's about. So uh, that's kind of everything about uh, me and card games. Can you like tell people who might not know what THL is? Yeah, um, THL is a Team Hearth League. We're back to a league. Um, so if you go to teamhearthleague.com, uh, it has all the stuff to sign up. We do um, series where you do uh, you join a team with uh, four other players and you'll you know match up with another team and each player will just play an individual event or a match um you know best of five hearthstone um on a schedule that works for them so we try and make it you know nice and easy um for you to to do that and we have it at 
all skill levels. So we have one where you purchase players and players get a rating. So that way, you know, the teams are built to be balanced where they have, you know, their best player at the top and then, you know, uh, rank down. And so they match up with other teams and you play the uh, appropriate seed there. Um, and so we do that for both um, last year's standing format and um, <clears throat> conquest. And then we also have some open list ones that are um, anything goes, um, you know, so just any any players. And those are typically a little bit more. Um, what's the word? Um, higher level of competition. Uh, and it is, uh, first and foremost, a community-focused league. So, you know, we want to make sure you're having a good time and then also getting good competition out of it. So that is uh, what I really enjoy about it, is it's a nice community that makes playing the game fun. Um, so that's what THL is. And of course, we all love and have participated in THL here, uh, Don and myself included. Mm -hmm. um, moving towards just like my, one of my focuses is I love to hear people brag about themselves. So do you have anything that you want to like brag about in terms of you and the card game universe? Like you You've done something that you just love. I know that I've played against you before, and you are a phenomenal Hearthstone player, so I only assume that you were phenomenal at other games that you played. Um, so do you have anything that you are like, I did this thing, and I love the fact that I did this thing? It didn't have to be anything like large, but just anything um, at all. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I did qualify for um, one of the um, Master Tour events in uh, 2021. Yep, that was the year. Um, uh, it kind of was unfortunate because it was around the time I was moving, uh, doing a big cross stage, uh, cross state. Couldn't give it the same time I wanted to, but I mean that was like my goal uh, with Hearthstone. Um, and then uh, separately, uh, what was dueling? No, what was the the like simulation video one? Um, not duel links. Uh, the, like the the where it was online and you had to like manually do everything, but you could. Oh, like, dueling book. Dueling book, yeah. Um, so, uh, one of the last things when I like, you know, couldn't afford cards, but I was like, I still want to play. Um, I played, uh, the books, um, like spell books without, um, it was after judgment was banned. So it was like reasonably balanced. I played one with world of prophecy and I went like 40 and one in matches on there. It was just like an insane streak. Um, and, you know, it was all best of three and stuff, but it was just really fun. Um, so I, I lied with that and that's probably the best streak i've ever had it was something it couldn't have been 40 because that's ridiculous but it was really I, high yo i believe it i, I totally believe it was 40 and that's an absurd number <laughs> sure yeah it's like a lot it, it was a like it was it was definitely like over 20 i know that one for sure i i thought i remember it being something ridiculous like that but uh that was like one of my favorite decks i love toolbox decks in Yu-Gi-Oh. so like mm -hmm. uh spellbooks was uh, my uh, probably my all-time favorite deck there Ugh, probably my all-time least favorite deck. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna find a way to bring this up every podcast, but that deck stopped me from going to Japan for the world championship. Oh, no. I will never forgive it. Um but in order to because I appreciate you as a person, we'll still link your socials in the YouTube description <laughs> and in the show notes for all of our audio listeners, and we'll plug them at yes. some point later on in the show so that people can find the person who likes spell books uh and, and badger them. Uh, Don <laughs> Moving on to the news. Ratbox also. <laughs> yeah, let's let's talk about some news. Um, it still is, I feel like, slightly slow uh, compared to kind of what we we were having 
you know, towards the end of November and early December, late November, early December. I don't know what I said there, but um, sometime last year. Yeah, yeah, towards the end of the year. Uh, so still like slightly slow news, uh, but we do have a couple of expansions coming up this month, uh, which is the Eternal expansion, uh, Behemoths of Theros, coming January 18th, and then the Pokemon TCG Crown Zenith, or Crown Zenith, I'm not sure exactly how, how that is uh, said there, but... Uh, that is coming January 20th. Uh, we have an article linked. They are showing showing some stuff there, some new like V-Star and, and uh, V-Max stuff going on. Uh, seems like people are pretty excited for, for that, what's coming. And there has also been a ton of Battle Spirit Saga card reveals all over Twitter. Like They've been revealing uh, cards like almost daily now. Um, I know we've talked about this one a bit, but Battle Spirit Saga is one of the card games that is completely launching this year. It's coming out in the spring. Uh, so they've been kind of ramping up. It looked like when I was looking around that they had a core set uh, kind of, you know, expansion of set that's going to be launching as well as their first actual set, which is called History of Dawn. Uh, and that is what they've <laughs> been like. Revealing. <laughs> yeah, I know. Of oh, my name. Whoa. Um, but they, they've been uh, revealing a ton of cards uh, and showing stuff. So uh, lots of things happening there. They are really ramping up for that spring launch. So definitely something uh, to keep an eye out. And I know we talked about they have committed to a what, what, minimum $1 million price pool. Yeah, so uh, very, very exciting. Them and Flesh and Blood both uh, are in the million dollar prize pooling for the year so lots of money in there uh to be had and uh, it's going to be pretty exciting to to look at that and try things out you know as that launches i'm gonna get in on it early but i'm not really sure if there's anything else like outstanding that's mm -hmm. <laughs> that, like i feel like we need to talk about for news this week um, um just a question so yeah the eternal expansion or so two things one, I love that there's like a mood kitty in our background. I don't want it to go away by any means. I just okay. love the fact that it's there um, because that it's soothing. I'm, I don't. There's just something about a, a soft meow that's very soothing to me. Um, second, so someone show appreciation for that. Second, um, Eternal's expansion is called Behemoths of Theros. I thought in my head, in this P-Ray of mine, that Theros was a Greek mythology because I've heard the name, the term Theros for so long. But no, Theros is actually a magic, the Magic the Gathering expansion, and has, I mean, it has, it takes its notes from Greek uh, and Roman mythology, I believe. Um, but no, it's just literally from Magic the Gathering, the the word Theros, uh, or is it? I, I, okay, I just, wait, I messed it up. Hold on, I know, I was like, did I mess it up? Okay, because. Let me, let me look at this. All right. There is, okay. It's behemoths of Thera. Whoops. I would have never but known. I just was No. Theros was, you're right. I'm, but there was an expansion pretty recently, I guess, or, or somewhat recently uh, in Magic that was Theros. And I'm totally getting them confused. And you know why? Because I was thinking about the fact that there is a new Magic set coming out 
like early February. And I was like, no, I don't need to include it like this, uh, this see. week. We'll include it later. And so I typed it. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, you know, it's, it's the start of the year. Can I be tired? Is that? Yeah, you can uh, definitely be tired. As a matter <laughs> okay. of fact, I'll, like, I'll oh, take it from here. We'll <laughs> no, I'm joking. <laughs> but um, so talking about competitive and organized play, there's not too much going on, but there, things are starting to peak in. Um, we're going to start seeing a lot of ways to qualify for the big things that are going to happen later this year, starting in the early part of the year. So Flesh and Blood ProQuest Season 3 runs from the 14th to the 29th of January. Um, and the winners of the ProQuest events will qualify for Pro Tour number three. So that's Flesh and Blood. Um, that is Dawn's Pride and Joy game right there. And I hope to see Dawn qualifying for a Pro Tour. Um, still waiting for the Hearthstone 2023 competitive news. Uh, we were given an announcement about an announcement about an announcement. And then we've gotten an announcement of an announcement. And now we're just waiting for the announcement. Um, that's kind of typical. <laughs> That's kind of typical for Hearthstone. Usually it's just the, the, the double announcement there, announcement squared. Now we're announcement cubed. So we're we're in the third phase of the cube here. Uh, Marble Snap's cool. Anyway, uh, segues are neat. January ladder will count for something for both Standard and Battlegrounds. Uh, that is something that Abar himself tweeted. He said, top 100 will be worth something. The higher you finish within top 100, it will be worth more, end quote. Uh, and noted that the top 100 applies to both standard and battlegrounds players. So that gives you something to shoot for on ladder. I definitely didn't think uh, it would be so expansive in terms of how many spaces we're going to count for something, but because top 100 is a lot of people. Um, that yeah, also means it, it means ladder will be very competitive, uh, especially once you get into legend ranks. So um, if your MMR is not fixed, you're too late, i.e. <laughs> me. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, okay. I wanted to ask your, both of your opinions on this as also people who have, I mean, I, I think both of you have had incredible, like high ladder play, uh, for Hearthstone for me, when I kind of hear that the top 100, but then says the higher you finish within top 100 to me, I feel like that kind of signifies a point based thing. Or right. that they're going to say, like, oh, you know, this certain amount of people will qualify, like, you know, two levels above and, like, maybe, you know, top whatever will finish and, like, get qualified for the next up thing. But maybe a point style system will be coming back. I'm not sure. But what do you two think about that? Like, am I reading too much into the fact that, like, top 100, but, like, the higher up or, or mm. I don't know. What do you think? No, because um, if you're grinding for, for instance, Yu-Gi-Oh! World Championship points, um, you get points for top finishes in Yu-Gi-Oh! Um, and at the end of the season, there's a top cut, like a top points earner playoffs. Um, and the way that it works is if you play in a regional or higher level event, you get points based on the number of um, participants. So, for instance, a regional with 400 people, the top 32 people will get points with number one getting 32 points, number two getting 31, and so far, so on down the line. Does that make sense? So like equivalent to the number of people starting from the top going backwards, um, that's how many points you earn. Same thing with like championship level events, uh, it's just according to the number of people that participate. Um, so you get points in that way. And that seems like kind of the direction they could be going where um, maybe the person would who finishes rank one gets 100 points and the person who finishes rank 100 gets one point and it counts towards something uh, and you need a certain amount of points to qualify so that could definitely be something 
and didn't Hearthstone used to do it that way? Like each tier of like where you finish on ladder would get you points for the month, and then also they had like those daily like super grindy tournaments that would get you points, and then like you know the top X number of players qualified for the the tour stop that was coming up each thing. I don't think ladder was points, though. I think, like, just a straight rank, like, finish on ladder was a cutoff. And then I think they had, they had, like, the qualifying tournaments and stuff that you got points for. You mean, like, back when they were playoffs? Yeah, back when they had, like, like, the playoffs. Because it was, like, 2018, 2019, it would be, like, people were both grinding ladder for for points there. Based on where they finished, they would get it. And then also they had the, the daily tournaments where, like, for the month, if you finish first in one of those tournaments... You got the max amount of points through the tournament, so people would just grind till they got first. I'll be honest, I don't know because that ladder system, the way that they had that point system set up, was so ambiguous. Um, I have no idea how it used okay. to work. I qualified through one of those stupid little grindy tournaments, so I have no idea how it works. Yeah, those because I remember being like brutal back then. I, I think like the highest I ever got, I got second in one of those to lead paint. Uh, if you remember uh, that I player, I do remember lead paint. Yep. Yeah, really good player uh, smoke yeah um but like i remember those like those tournaments were, were brutal and i remember people like talking about how awful that grind was because it was just like grind those tournaments grind the ladder every single month i don't imagine they'll go as hard and never bring back those tournaments they probably keep doing how they do their calls because then you had to win back then i don't know how that system worked you had to win two separate tournaments well you had to win one Okay. And then that put you in another tournament that you had to top like four, which is what I had to do. I had to win one and then top four another. Yeah. So, okay. I just Googled. I just Googled and found the like announcement post back from it was December of 17. So it mm-hmm. was announcing the esports system for Hearthstone for 2018. And I found here they did have a ranked ladder breakdown. So I, I was wrong. I thought it was just a straight cutoff, which I think they did afterwards. But it was like uh, first, like rank one legend on ladder got 16 points, two through 25 got 15, 26 through 50, and like so on. And then they had even 1,000 plus. So basically, if you hit yeah. legend, you got one point. Yeah. One point. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so not like a huge difference in points there i mean top 200 like between 100 and 200 was six points rank one was 16 so like that seems kind of like not that big of a (laughs) of a point difference uh to me if you're looking at i think in here they said the target for season one was 45 points to qualify so like maybe that could have been big but yeah then they had tour stops they had seasonal championships and the playoffs and then world championships yeah there was, there was such a, a grindy one i imagine they'll do yeah. something where it's like you get points for it and then like uh, i'm sure the, the points might actually just factor in the whole year is what they might go for so like getting a number one finish might be a way to qualify towards the world championship instead of just master tour like mm-hmm. it might be that where it's like, hey, here's the cutoff to get to Masters Tour, and then here's also the points you got for your ladder season. Um, maybe do a little bit of a mix there, try it because that seems like the goal they're doing is getting it so it's anyone can get to the the world champ now. Um, mm-hmm. You know, as they go away from Grandmasters. I know it's I I don't really envy the decisions they have to make because oh. for me it's like 
there's such a fine line between making it way too grindy but also not making it open enough in terms of like, you know, like how do you have it where it feels like enough people can qualify and show that they're good without it just feeling like everybody qualifies. And I don't know, like, so I, I definitely don't, don't envy that position of trying to actually figure all of this out and set that up. And, you know, to, to see all of these different card games, like we talked about battle spirits saga with the, you know, and flesh and blood with the million dollar prize pools, um, Azalea, which we've had on as a guest as well. Uh, he's talking in chat says like, it reminds a little bit of, um, magic, you know, qualifiers and stuff as well. A lot of the games use similar systems, right? Where they kind of have a lot of different things. Itachi was just talking about the Yu-Gi-Oh play, um, so I wouldn't really be surprised to see them go to something like that, but it's also kind of interesting. Um, I think in, we've kind of talked about this before, but like that difference of online, which Hearthstone is purely online, right? Mm -hmm. Like in terms of the play uh, versus events that you would have to go to. And maybe they're going to go back to in-person events, but they can have this system where they add in ladder qualifying too. And, and it seems pretty, pretty, uh, I guess common sense or expected mm -hmm. that that they would um you know say hey like ladder qualifies because that's such an integral part of the online aspect of of the game yeah i just want seat story to come back those were the best tournaments those yeah. are so fun to watch those are fun. seat story and strive wire were awesome yeah um the last thing we had on competitive play, I know we took a little bit of a tangent there, was the Pokemon TCG and VGC regionals event start uh, this weekend. I know there's one in Knoxville, Tennessee, for sure, near me, and I know there's a bunch across the country. So um, definitely going to be something that I somehow I'm going to end up getting roped into. Um, also, the Yu-Gi-Oh! Championship Series starts this coming month in uh, February in Las Vegas, Nevada. Uh, we'll be attending that event. And so that'll be something to look forward to as well. Uh, and I think that's it for competitive news this week. So we want to talk about, so today's roundtable topic is one that should not be as contentious as it is. It should not be as up for debate as it is. Um, but this is the world we live in. So it, it's kind of one of the things that's necessary to have the conversation about. And uh, it's acceptance and diversity across gaming. So recently, well, not even recently, historically, uh, the gaming community has been pretty diverse. It hasn't been a uh, what I would call a safe haven or a lack thereof for any one specific group where it's just like the hangout is, uh, except for guys. It's it's very dominated by males. But um, there's a lot of different races, different cultures that all indulge in gaming. And yet and still somehow a lot of people still feel a lack of acceptance in the gaming community. Now, that's not to say that this is not one of the most accepting communities, but it just kind of goes to show you where we are as a society when um, a we have three represented minorities uh, here with us now, me being a black male, Dawn being a woman, and Face being a trans woman. Those are all discriminated against uh, subsets, subcategories. And we see people and I, I, i'm not a messy person but like to be quite frank the recent resurgence and acceptance of orange back into the hearthstone community 
is a little bit alarming when certain people who have done no such deeds and committed no such crimes, which what he does with a, a literal crime, uh, have struggled to be accepted across the gaming community with myself being an, an, a shining example because I was afraid to come into the game. I was afraid to come into Hearthstone when I watched Terrence M play Hearthstone on stream and get called all types of names based on the color of his skin, something that he cannot and did not control. It actually almost deterred me from playing Hearthstone altogether to see such a thing. And every time I see a female, whether it be a a new caster or a player or an all-female event, there's always something in the comments that's derogatory. And not to say that trolls aren't trolls, because on the internet, trolls are trolls. It doesn't matter who you are. If you play bad, people are going to troll you. But the thing is that, like, if you want to troll somebody because they're not playing at, at the highest level, okay, that's one thing. That can be helped, and those are decisions that a person is making. But if you're going to troll and be spewing hate speech and uh, hateful rhetoric towards a person based on something that they cannot and did not control, um, which is what they identify as, which is what their skin color is, which is what their gender is, um, whether you agree with it or not, it is kind of one of the most disrespectful and, and disgusting things that I think happens constantly in the gaming community because a lot of these people, and I know I'm going off kind of on my own here, but I'll, I'll give you guys just a second. Um, a lot of people feel so comfortable hiding behind a keyboard and a screen that they feel like these are things that are acceptable to say. And I feel like there's gotta be some kind of, there's gotta be some kind of policy or, or more mediation put in place by the progenitors of the gaming community that we are in. If I log into, any Hearthstone event, and I see people saying all these things in a chat about a person, um, and there are no mods, there's no moderation, there's no timing out, there's no banning, these people are just freely saying these things, spamming them over and over. That's not okay. It's not okay when someone who was a large part of the Hearthstone community commits some pretty egregious acts and gets immediately, or not even immediately, I won't say it's been immediate because it hasn't been, but gets accepted back in uh, on, on what grounds while other people, like I said, are struggling so much for basic acceptance. Um, I, I find it hard to fathom, but I understand being coming from the position that I'm in exactly where we're at as a society and as a community, and that just kind of hurts. And like, it just takes away from so much. Like, Terrence won that dream hack, right? He did. He did. And like, I struggle to remember that because I just remember having to like turn away from chat. Like, I think I even closed the the stream. The stream, I did. Um, because yeah, that one was uh, probably one of the most uh, egregious examples in Hearthstone stream. Um, which, uh, by the way, Terrence M won like a couple Master Duel tournaments when they were first coming out because I was really paying on that. I was like, is that? No way, yeah, and, uh, it was the same turn. So like, he stopped playing Hearthstone. Yep. Probably, like, that was his breakout. He should have been then, like, you know, one of the stars of the, the tour after that. And 100%. Yeah, that wasn't the case. Um, and yeah, it, it it's, it's just, like, it's so frustrating to have, like, people who are going to support uh, 
streamers that are, you know, uh, committing abuse or, or allowing for abusive chats. Because, um, like, yeah, Hearthstone itself needs to have better moderation just in general on, on theirs. Um, in particular, like, it's, you know, or, or like when Liv is, uh, you know, showing off the ex expansion, it's just like, oh my gosh, get mm -hmm. me out of here. Um, like, can't mute a, 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 ch a chat fast enough uh, in those those situations and it, it has to come from the community refusing to accept those things like you know orange can try and platform himself but if he has no audience you know that's that's it and that's like what really needs to happen if people want to actually you know uh be supportive because uh, of acceptancy and you know in in the community it has to be done that way like yeah it, we can't accept people who are discriminatory or or uh commit crimes <laughs> like it's, it's yeah. just, get them out <laughs> like um and, and it's it's really frustrating to see that that's just not the way we're going and that's especially because it's a hobby right like this is what we do to be ourselves and like have a good time <laughs> so like this is the most upsetting place for it to be because in, in the workplace you have the protections like they just you know they don't allow it or uh if they do they're opening themselves to some serious lawsuits mm. so it's like we come to this place to be ourselves have a good time make friends and then you know just uh, a couple spaces over you got somebody throwing out slurs at every which way and they don't you know care and it's, it's just like um really frustrating so i don't know i'm i'm spiraling i don't know what i'm saying anymore <laughs> No, you're, you're good. Um, I just, so I have a question for the both of you. Um, are, have you ever, Don, you or Base you ever come up against any um, pitfalls or challenges or lack of acceptance throughout, like visible lack of acceptance throughout anything that you've done? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I uh, have a perfect example, actually, was... Um, I think last, or, or I don't want to say last week, but our last episode that we recorded, right? We talked about uh, some of our previous accolades, and I shared a story about uh, the. It was uh, DreamHack Atlanta in November of 2018, and I got to go kind of like in the quote-unquote like backstage area do uh, an interview that was broadcast, uh, right like right before that event, uh, you know, or shortly before that event, I actually had joined my first team, which was uh, Broken Alliance. I joined, you know, BXA. I had joined them uh, and, you know, met the um, owner and stuff at that tournament. I had gotten my jersey. So I was wearing my jersey and talked about that a little bit during that interview. And um, I, I still remember like when that interview broadcast and was looking, it was on Twitch yeah, lots of really, really terrible comments in chat, you know, about how clearly I, and this is going to be maybe a little bit harsh, so uh, ready yourselves. Um, things like, I ha must have gotten down on my knees in order to have gotten on a team, and just mm. a ton of, like, you know, kind of very sexual, disgusting things like that. And it's like, you don't even, like, these people don't even know who we are like they don't know the work that i had put in you know to mm -hmm. even get noticed or 
you know, what was going on. Like they knew nothing and their right. instinct to their immediate reaction was just to start spewing that it was very clear to them that I must have done some sexual act to actually get on, on a team uh, instead of looking at potential achievements or the you know, like, bluntly, the fucking work that I put in to, to get there. For sure. Um, you know, so like, you know, and, and that's, I, I feel like that's actually fairly mild for, for some of this stuff, which is terribly, terribly sad and just absolutely like unacceptable. Um, but I will say on that, on that same side, I also shared that, you know, at that, that same thing, I also did have people who reached out to me uh, about how much that that interview meant to them, how like they felt inspired. Um, so there is that hate, but there's also things that people can do to kind of also combat and be very accepting. Uh, so I, I would also like to talk about things that people can do to be accepting, uh, but I want to hear from Basting on like, you no, know, before we <laughs> tangent and, and go to like that side of things. Uh, and I have not, uh, and I'm, I'm so fortunate for that. Like my experience with, you know, the Hearthstone community specifically, because I like to stay in my little corner, has been THL. And I like, and that's something that they have consciously and, um, you know, really um, specifically uh, have cultivated, right? They don't allow um, that in there, um, right? We do want to make sure that there's no harassment like that in THL. And, you know, for people who have been there for a while, it wasn't always that way. Uh, it's something that has to be fixed and worked on, right? Uh, they had some issues um, a while ago. Like uh, when I joined the league, uh, I just, you know, was playing, didn't really know anybody. Um, and I was writing an article where I would predict pro matches. Um, just didn't know any of the players. Uh, I'll be honest with you. I just like looked and I was like, oh, 14 to 13. Yeah. Uh, like, it, made up a bunch of stuff, just kind of threw out names and stuff. Cause you know, it's, it's all about the, the flourish. You know, I don't need to know these players to actually predict their match overall. Uh, it was just fun and uh, people enjoyed it. Uh, but like on my third or fourth article, I, I reached out to hat and I was like, Hey, um, is this a safe place? Can I come out and like be myself? Cause I'd like to do more. Like um, I don't really want to be on cam cause I not comfortable way I look. Uh, being, you know, uh, unable to transition yet, but, you know, like it, being able to, to be myself and be honest about that in this community is out of place. And he goes, we've, we've had issues before, but he, you know, broke it down and like really, you know, was like, yes, if you want to, you know, we're going to be a hundred percent behind you. You know, I wasn't, didn't really know anybody. Like this was like one of my first one on interactions with a uh, ridiculous hat. If anybody knows uh, in the community space, you probably know who everyone knows. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> everyone knows. Uh, but yeah, like just that, that confirmation and being like, yeah, go for it. We have your back. Like that's the important thing that people have to, to give to people to make spaces and, and really focus and then do it, you know, stand by it. Uh, you know, I'd never got anything back. I know that there are people who disagree with that, but you know, it, it was never something that they, they felt like they could say anything about because of the mm -hmm. space that had been created. Uh, even if uh, somebody personally disagreed with that or, um, you know, uh, disagrees with, you know, gender science uh, and wants to pretend uh, something else is, is the reality of the world, you know, uh, they just knew that that wasn't a space for them to to voice that. 
Um, and I am forever thankful for that. That has like, you know, it's even been a, a help to me in my transition. Like, um, so, yeah. Um, speaking of spaces in THO and um, uh, okay, story time. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> So, um, do you guys know the history of F2L? I assume base does. Yes, I do. <laughs> kind of, sort of. Okay. FTL, I believe, kind is what you're talking about. F yeah, FTL, yeah, FTL, the original yeah. FTL. Yes. Yeah. Um, so, the way that that situation went was kind of like a turning point, I felt like, for THL in the way that people were um people felt okay to act because i think that the ftl people as f2l now people made it to where it was not a safe space to be an ugly person towards anyone in a discriminatory way um there were a group of people um names i don't care to name because some of those people are still around and i think some of those people have genuinely changed um but there were a group of people who were in a voice call and said ugly things about a um, a woman who played Hearthstone and oh, a woman who I happen to know. And the members of the team that I was on at the time got wind of it. And was this was before, obviously, before FTL was the thing. Um, when we got wind of it, we made it a very big deal. We talked about it. We called them out. We put their names on blast. We put the list of people who were in the voice chat. We were, we basically introduced that accountability piece of you're not just going to bully someone and it be okay. And this be some locker room where you, you know, berate people in this league, even if it's your own, even if it's your team server, that team server is a team because of THL. So don't feel like you can be a part of this league and be that kind of a person and that be acceptable. Um, somehow, and and I do believe that that was a turning point for the standard of THL. Mm -hmm. Haters will say it's Photoshop. Um, but what I didn't understand after that was that somehow that team became villainous, quote unquote, where it was like, it was the team to hate. Um, and in some some ways, it's still like that. And maybe it's because everybody hates a winner and we always win. Um, so that that's a little bit of F2L slash FTL history. I, I won't go into the nomenclature or the acronym of FTL or F2L. So mm -hmm. It is forgot to lose. That is what it stands for. And FTL stood for Frisbees, Teens, and Lawyers. So we'll, we will just say that. Uh I mean, I thought Icon did, you know, say embrace the villain narrative as like your slogan when it was starting out as like a fun thing. Um, but yeah, it, I don't think any of the like, because, you know, I do agree that's that was the turning point. And that was the thing that Hat told me about, of course. That was before I was in THL. Um, I came in like a month or two after. Mm. Um, one of the people involved actually got banned from THL. Uh, going into the finals of a series uh, mm -hmm. that I was in. Uh, and so I ended up playing Liquidox instead uh, for the finals instead of playing uh, somebody else. Uh, Liquidox smoked me. 
<laughs> but again, uh, they win a lot. Liquidox is one of the the like premier members of F2L and FTL. Uh, but yeah, like I think that you know, there's no like, and I think that F2L did a great thing by doing that. That's what you got to do. And I, I think it even changed some of the leadership. Like there was, uh, I know at a point somebody was talking about stepping down, and they actually uh, were like, no, actually, we're going to fix this instead. I don't want to hand mm. off the league. Um, people who are doing that, uh, I don't know uh, how much has been said about that, but uh, I have been told that uh, some people on the board were considering stepping down and, and kind of moving away, but that woke them up and went, no, I'm going to fix this. I'm going to make this right. Uh, and, you know, uh, we're going to move forward from this. Um, and, you know, that it has to be a conscious choice. Like FTL, FTL came together as a conscious choice to say, no, this is not okay. Um, and defend her. Uh, yeah. And that, that started it. It sparked the whole thing. And so that has been hugely helpful. And now F2L is one of the mainstay, the original, um, what's the word? The mainstay is like a franchise. Yeah. Franchise. Yeah, franchise. yeah. Like now we have APM doing it, uh, ET, uh, Trito starting. So, uh, you know, it even changed just how teams get together so it's been kind of fun to see how that works um and seeing the cross series collaboration that the teams do also um t teamheartleague.com uh go to the shop buy you some f2l merch support <laughs> supporting <laughs> merch Yeah, well, you know, I, I think this is kind of a good pivot point as well to also kind of talk about like some things that people can do in the community. And it doesn't even have to be like a big thing. I mean, I, I feel like if you're saying, hey, instead of handing things over, like I'm going to step up and, and help get things fixed, like that's for many people, that might be a big thing. That might be a big step. But there's small things that you can do to help people feel accepted even in, if you're in communities, whether you're just in a chat room or if you go to an in-person event. Um, one perfect example of this is uh, at that same event that I mentioned earlier where I did that interview and had those nasty, terrible comments made about me was also one of the events where I felt at the same time the most respected and accepted from mm -hmm. my fellow competitors. And that was in large part, thanks to, I'll, I'll say, uh, two players specifically, um, Peltire, who I don't think yeah. plays Hearthstone anymore. Yeah, I remember yeah. Peltire. And uh, yeah. Language Hacker, who still is, a, like, I would say a, a pretty prominent, uh, you know, personality and person in the Hearthstone community. Um, mm -hmm. But both of them, they kind of, you know, knew about me a little bit. Um, Pel Peltire and I, you know, had kind of gone way back. We played against each other in some other tournaments. But when we met in person, they reached out, they shook my hand, they treated me like an equal as a competitor. Even if they thought, wow, she's a terrible player, they didn't say that or they didn't act like it, but all they did was like, you know, hey, or if I played against them, played against other opponents, you know, it was like, shake the hand, like, good luck. And there was just that like mutual respect as a competitor. And I think like that's such an, easy thing that people can do like even if you end up being like wow that person's a terrible player or like oh whatever like why are they even at this tournament like Bay said like first many people even going to a local tournament or a friday night magic or something like that like that's what they do to 
enjoy their their time you know they might have a job that they really don't like and like that's kind of their their release to get out and go do something that takes the stress out of you know their job or or a terrible family life you know or something so just like even acknowledging like hey they're another person who's also here competing or they're just here playing and, and they're gonna have fun doesn't matter if they're a bad player or a great player like just it's really easy to just respect somebody as another player, as somebody else that's that's also there in the same room. Mm -hmm. um, on the, I guess on that topic of it's easy to, you can, everyone has a voice and everyone can make an impact. Um, and you get to choose, every person gets to choose whether that's going to be positive or negative. Um, the way that I grew up was in, I grew up in a space where, if you were like an athletic person, you were one of the people who were, were kind of like, you made fun of people who weren't maybe as fortunate or as gifted or as talented. Um, and if you were a, like a card game, like you played Yu-Gi-Oh at the lunch table or play Yu-Gi-Oh or Pokemon or something like that, you were the ones that got made fun of. And I happen to be a part of both subsets. So I <laughs> became this odd combination of the person who bullied the people that bullied the people who were like me and so like standing up to people who are on the same level as me because we're both you know we're both athletes and we both have this kind of jock uh whole ordeal going on and then also i'm a person who's gonna play pokemon or who's gonna play Yu-Gi-Oh, and so you're not gonna bully those people and and i think it's kind of carried through my entire life where i could be in the space with the people who feel like they're above someone and also be the one who they feel like they're above. Does that make sense? Um, so yeah, bully the bullies. I, and I am not scared. I will embarrass someone. I am not scared to let you know how ignorant you're being. Not to say that I haven't had my own moments of human ignorance, because I have. Um, but, you know, there's just certain things you got to you gotta stand up for. You got to stand up for what's, what's acceptable and what's okay. And I think that um, Myself and I think that a lot of the members of CHL, especially the, the board members, I appreciate them so much because they are so very willing to step up and stand up for what's correct and what's right. Except for when someone submitted decks for me a long time ago, but that was a, a <laughs> different story. Different. <laughs> Whole different thing. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, so I, I really appreciate the insight that you two have had to offer. Um, Dawn, I, I could see the, I could understand the emotion that you had behind the experience that you had and, and how, it, I don't know that a lot of people recognize just how lasting those effects are when they do something so, that they, they probably dismiss as trivial, right? Um, I'm sure those people, you know, typed those messages and went on their merry way to harass someone else, I'm sure. And for you though, that left a long lasting effect that you have had to continue to deal with, continue to remember. And I'm sure that gives you anxiety every time you appear on camera and yet you still do it fearlessly. So that is something that I respect and appreciate about you. So um, just know that, that there is pride there for you and that I'm glad that that accept, I mean, that that experience didn't define who you were or stop you from continuing to pursue things where you were in the face of the camera and you were on screen. and. Um, are you still kicking butt? Thank you. Well, you know, I, it is impacting. And I think there was a time where I actually had to make a decision, um, very much kind of in, in the same vein, as you said, uh, your experience seeing even just like 
not even competing yet or, or doing that, but seeing Terrence on how, you know, he was treated, it made you not even want to compete. Um, you know, kind of after all of that, I had to make a decision and say, is this something I even want to continue doing? Because mm -hmm. there was a little point where I thought, F that, I don't want to deal with this. And and I, I almost just like dropped it all and, and stopped. Mm -hmm. But instead I decided, and, and this isn't to say like, oh, everyone else should always make this choice. No, like that's absolutely not it either because sometimes you got to do what's best for you. And if not being around people like that and putting yourself in those situations is best for you, absolutely do that. Um, but for me, it was like a, you know what? I am going to take this and turn it into a, how can I make this community how can i make the people around me how can i make you know those things better not only for myself but for other people and mm -hmm. ultimately i think that was also a huge launching point for me creating afg like yeah. i wanted it from the start it was like i knew going in that is going to be a team that is diverse it is going to be an accepting and open team and like from the get-go i was like this is not just gonna be like an all white like kind of yeah, yeah. you know crew like no that's you know and and also there are so many people who like i can see their their like talent and their potential and it's so devastating to me that the world around them has made them not see it for themselves mm -hmm. and i, I think another reason why I see it so much is because I've had those experiences too, where it's like those people clearly didn't see like my potential. And you know what, since then I've now been on the blizzard broadcast <laughs> twice casting competitive games. So like yeah. I went from that where I talked about my first, you know, first time hitting legend. I was so excited. And that was my first in-person tournament to being invited to cast on the official broadcast desk. Like, those people can't say that same thing, <laughs> you know? So it's, it's just something that there is a lot of crap. And I'm very, very grateful myself that you Itachi have not like that. You didn't, you know, avoid Hearthstone and, and quit playing it because I've, I'm grateful to have you as a friend and someone oh. that I know in my life. So like, for me, I'm like, I got to meet you and like that, you know, that's huge. And, and people like based, I mean, Based is not like super involved on socials, but oh, I've learned so much <laughs> from Based, like in game and and you know looking at THL stuff. I'm like, dang, like I want to be more involved and and so awesome, like like both of you and so many people that I think people just it, it's that very like surface level, you know. Oh, they just see the your. Uh, your skin color, right? Or they just mm -hmm. see the the gender or the sex that you appear to look. And mm -hmm. they nobody digs deeper. But when you do and you really get to start to know people around you or know people in the communities, it's like, wow, that person is freaking awesome. Or like they work their ass off, you know, to to do the things that they do or to have the the achievements and things that they do. So it's it's amazing. When you get to like a certain level of when a person gets to a certain level of entitlement, it's really difficult to get them to recognize someone else's gift or talent or even blind luck, um, because there's 
you can't do that when you're jealous and when you feel like that was your entitled place, when you felt like you were supposed to be on the Blizzard broadcast or you were supposed to be on a team or you were supposed to be the one of the most winning people in THL history. Hello. Um, it's, it's hard to not be jealous about that. Also, you got to know that these people suck also. <laughs> you just... <laughs> they you got to know that they are going to get on ladder and they're going to try to play Miracle Rogue and they are going to play their Sinstone Graveyard and they're going to click it and then they're going to play 17 cards and they're going to have a 1-1 one, one, um, step and, and that's what's going to happen in their life. And then they're going to say that they got high rolled. <laughs> so it, it's got to be, I, I feel worse for them for having to feel that way about someone like me or you or base than I feel about being talked about in that way. I feel worse for them for having to feel that because that shit got to suck. I feel no pity for them. They should die. You wait. <laughs> <laughs> okay, maybe not die. Just live a life of misfortune. Well, hey, I, I, I hear you. <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. Um, this was a great conversation it was really 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 uh uplifting in, in a lot of ways and i know a lot of the stuff that we said was like not great stuff to hear but like to resolve it all and to be where we are still and to be you know sitting here us three together on uh on youtube and on multiple platforms creating a podcast this speaks volume to yeah i haven't heard anyone i i know and remember some of the names I guarantee I know who Bass was talking about that got banned. I had a very terribly contentious relationship with that person. I did, we did not meet eye to eye. We butt heads all the time. Um, that was one of those types of. I, I also beat that person every time I see them on ladder for that reason. I crack they shit every time. Anyway, um, <laughs> I just appreciate what you guys have brought to the table and what you've contributed, and it makes me feel a little bit better to know that A, I'm not alone, B, I'm not worse off because of someone random on the computer behind the screen and keyboard's opinion. Uh, not that I thought that anyway. And C, that we can hear that, we can see that, we can experience that, and we can still end up at a much better place overall. So I appreciate the the, the willingness for you guys um, to talk about this topic and because I introduced it literally 45 seconds before <laughs> We hit, <laughs> we hit go live. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. yeah, thank you. I think thank as, you. I as you know, and, and I don't want to speak for based, but uh, we'll we'll get her closing thought here in just a second too. But like, yeah, you introduced it, and I'm sitting there like, uh, yeah, we can talk about that. Like, this is just like part of our lives that we've had to to experience, and it, like you said, kind of endure through. Like, it's not a stranger to sexist comments or sexist yeah. behavior. Like it's, it's something that does need to be talked about for sure. And mm. we're not going to sit here and say, Oh, just like have a thick skin. Like, I hate that. No, like it's going to affect you. Yeah. So yeah. It's something we got to talk about. Um, I, I just want to tell you about one, one specific moment in Harston Esports history when Lion had the most dominant world championship run i think we've ever seen she maybe dropped like a handful of games yeah 
And then she took time in her winner's interview to dunk on some moron who told her she shouldn't have been in a tournament. <laughs> classic. Oh, my gosh. I hope that guy felt such an idiot. World champ took time to dunk on you specifically for your dumb sexist comment. <laughs> you know, that real quick, and I hate to interrupt you, but that's something that's kind of I don't want to do so much anymore when I think about it, like as I reach the top, because that gives people incentive to like attention seeking people who just yeah. want to be the center. Uh, I want to talk about the people who were there. I want to talk about the people who supported and gave love because that's what I want to encourage. I don't want to encourage people to talk shit just so that I can talk about them because they don't deserve that kind of energy and that kind of effort. Now, I am saying that I'm glad VK did it because uh, <laughs> yeah. she definitely deserved to to get up there and, and yam on somebody like that. Yeah, uh, that, was, that was a really great moment. Uh, that. That was a very fun tournament, uh, you know, and then uh, as Luna pointed out later, a uh, woman was going to win that either way. And so she was kind of quietly uh, enjoying that little uh, secret to herself. But um, that was a, a great world championship. I, I really enjoyed that whole thing. Uh, I mean, uh, VK Lions took down Casey in semis, if I remember correctly there, like another insane player. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, just such a dominant win. Um, like, and... I do not remember the chat. I don't think I had it open, to be honest. I think I had it on the big screen and just knew better at that time. So hopefully it wasn't terrible. But uh, for me, that is the best moment in Hearthstone's uh, Hearthstone it, esports ever. It was very 50 50. I will say that. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that makes sense. I, I thoroughly enjoyed that. Um, that was like, my favorite world championship to watch, oddly enough. And Normally, I'm like a 3 0 finals. Oh, man. But like, I was like a 3 0 finals. Yeah. That was dope. Yeah, and that meta was just very fun as well. Uh, I mean, there was everything going well for that. An incredibly emotional uh, finish to that tournament for a lot of people. I was one of them. Like, mm-hmm. especially during his, I'm even, oh, I'm even getting emotional just like reliving it in my head, you know. But when when she was giving that speech, like, I know I was certainly not alone uh, in in losing it and you know and, and crying a lot <laughs> when she won. Was that 2019? It was. It was right before 2020. That was the last live world championship, right? Yes. Uh, So she, and I don't think Hearthstone will ever return to live, maybe live world championships eventually, but like maybe that's the last live. And oh man, it, I cried so much with that interview. Yeah, (laughs) absolutely. It was so good. Um, so if all, as I used to hear all the time, if all hearts and minds are clear, would everyone like to move to the lightning round? Take us to the speed. Let's do it. Based. This is the lightning round. We're going to ask you a series of four questions. There is going to be a surprise question at the end that you're not going to know anything about, and I'm going to ask it randomly. Um, you're just going to give us some gut reactions to those questions and tell us what the first thing that comes to your mind is. It's kind of like an inkblot test, except we're talking about card games. Are you ready? I'm ready. Awesome. If you were a card from any of the card games that you've played, which one would you be? Uh, just for you, Sky Striker Ace, Ray. Oh, Ray is Bay. I love Sky Strikers, so much fun. All right. Next question is, what is your favorite type or archetype of deck to play? Uh, I love the toolbox like thing where you're able to search and like find specific answers from your deck at specific times, which isn't really something that's available in Hearthstone. But like Yu-Gi-Oh is definitely something that's been around for a long time. That's always my favorite way to play. 
Bleh. Anyway, what's <laughs> one <laughs> what's one goal you have for yourself in the card games here? Um, hmm. I don't know. I I'd like to go back to another Masters tour, maybe. Uh, I don't know if I'll ever want to compete the same intensity of, of Hearthstone. I would like to make my own like board game, essentially, out of cards eventually. I think that would be something really fun, just for me and my friends to play, uh, get a little creative with that. So that's probably the overarching goal there. That's a sweet goal. I love that. If you need any play testers, like, okay. I'm available. <laughs> you're, you're a car yeah. drive away. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Oh, we do live pretty close. Yeah, we do. Um, all right. Uh, the next question we have is: Do you prefer physical or digital cards? I mean, I want to hold cards. Shuffling cards is like almost like a yes. habit of mine. Just a, a deck of playing cards. I will sit there and shuffle for hours. I, I love physical cards. Uh, love of that. Um, but there's something great about digital cards for um, PvP games. It's I don't have to wait. I don't have to set up my Yu-Gi-Oh deck and, and play it against uh, a nothing um, anymore. I just get to play against a person. So I love I love physical cards. I prefer them, but there's something really great about digital cards. Wonderful. Hey, you remember that surprise question we talked about? Well, tell me what is your deal with Cyndaquil? Oh, uh, Cyndaquil is the first Pokemon I've ever got. Uh, it's uh, silver. It's my first game. Um, I uh, released my first Cyndaquil thinking that it would follow me around. I was like, that's how you get to have the Pokemon out of the ball. So I restarted my game. Uh, you know, oh. of course, didn't just turn it off and go back to my last save because I was a child. Uh, so I started the game over. Uh, and yeah, I it's just one of my, my favorite Pokemon. Uh, my favorite Pokemon is actually Porygon 2. So it's not even Cyndaquil, but I, I do adore Cyndaquil. And it's what really started my like video game and, and card game journey is Pokemon. So uh cynical is kind of a nod to that that's wait uh follow-up question if you don't mind me asking tell me mm -hmm. if you do what is your age i turned 30 uh just a little over a week ago <laughs> I, i'm so surprised that you started at not red blue yellow uh, i we didn't have any like video games until i was like mm. like eight or nine or ten like the first game i ever played was legend of zelda ocarina of time uh, got it uh, well after it had been out for a long time. And then um, we had that in like a couple of their games. And then uh, I think the next year uh, I got a Game Boy Color and Silver. And that was the first uh, handheld game uh, I ever uh, got. I'm getting ready to have my gamer card revoked here. But I, as much as I know about this game, I've never played Ocarina of Time. It's, it's a good game. Uh, it holds up. You can certainly play it now. It, it like... You know, obviously the graphics are dated, but the gameplay is fun. The story is not too bad. Uh, Donde is going to revoke your gamer card, though, for sure. That man plays that game nonstop. Yep. I have not, not picked it up once. So that, uh, but like I said, I know a lot about it. I know pretty much everything that happens in the game. Just go to Breath of the Wild. It's the best Zelda game, and it's not close. <laughs> It's a classic, though. It is a classic. I'm really about to turn over my gamer card because <laughs> no. I Stop have never played a Legend of Zelda game front to back. Uh, they got good games. They they do have good games. <laughs> I didn't have. I was not an. I wasn't a um, Legend of Zelda is Nintendo specifically, right? Yeah. Yep. 
So, so I had okay. I can say I wasn't a Nintendo kid, but I had Super Nintendo and a Nintendo sixty four. But after that, I never had another Nintendo until I got like the Game Boy, and I just had like Pokemon. The only thing I played was Pokemon on that thing, mm-hmm. um, and that could be said about the DS too. Like I tried to play like a Dragon Ball Z game, and it was just like mm, I'm just gonna play Pokemon. Uh, so yeah. Uh, I never got to every everything else was PlayStation, and I, I had a Sega Dreamcast. Uh, but after that, I was a PlayStation guy forever. So I never played a Zelda game. Uh, yep, I never played a Halo game. I never played any Xbox exclusive. Hadn't played it. Yeah, I was Nintendo all the way. Like my parents, I wasn't allowed to watch a PG thirteen movie until I was thirteen. No M games like ever, you know. So Nintendo was. Sweet spots like Animal Crossing, Pokemon mm-hmm. Zelda, like that's what I grew up on. That's fair. I was Pokemon Mario and Pokemon again. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and that super hard Lion King game for Super Nintendo. Why was that game so <laughs> difficult? I'm an adult and I can't beat that game. That's crazy. Um, so sorry, random. T- oh, y'all gotta stop. I get. I just go on random tangents. Y'all gotta stop me. Um, but base, where can we find slash follow you? I know you're not super active on socials, but what do you got? Uh, I mean, on Discord, I'm in plenty of places. If you see me, say hi. I'd be happy to, to chat. Um, on Twitter, I'm uh, based Inc. On Twitch, I think I'm based Inc. HS, and I actually got a stream um, card so I can actually stream um, my Switch. So I think I'm going to start doing that. That seems uh, something more fun. I'll do some shiny hunting Pokemon and, and some stuff on there. So i uh, got to talk to Azalea, see about getting a VTuber, um, <laughs> get the hookup. But uh, yeah, uh, so I am actually planning on doing a little bit more. Just kind of um, shiny hunting is a little bit boring. So get some company. Yes, like I will be there if that happens. Like sign me up. I'm going to hang out. That is, <laughs> that sounds amazing. Base streams. Let's go. Base streams. Yeah, maybe play a little, little Hearthstone. Maybe play some uh, board games. I uh, got lots of digital board games on Steam that, of course, I have the entire physical one as well. Why not own it twice? Maybe I'll switch two. Why not own it three times? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh. Well, anything else that we want to cover? Do you want me to do the closing stuff, Hitachi, or? I erased it, but I'll, <laughs> I'll still do it just because I didn't get to do it. Yes, <laughs> go it. for it. All right. Uh, thank you, Dawn. I'll close this out. Thank you for joining us this week. Um, and if you or someone you know would like to uh, join us on the podcast, please reach out. Uh, you can email us at tccgroundtable at protonmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter at twitter.com forward slash tccgroundtable. Use our top pin tweet for a link to our Discord. Feel free to talk about anything in there. Um, we've got channels for everything. And if you don't, I'll make one. Uh, or you can use the link in the description slash show notes. Check out the video version on Dragon Rider's personal YouTube at youtube.com slash C slash Dragon Rider TCCG. We are everywhere you can find audio podcasts. And also linked in the show notes is going to be our Inked Gaming affiliate link. Check out Inked Gaming. They've got custom play mats, custom dice, custom boxes, custom everything. And they're also really good quality. So... Uh, you can get a subscription box. You can get a one-time buy. Uh, Ink Gaming is really awesome. Check out our affiliate code. Help support the podcast. You can find us individually at twitter.com slash Itachi underscore HS or Dragon Rider at twitter.com forward slash Donnie DK. Um, 
that's it. We're out back to dawn with the weather, Dawn. That's all right. Thanks, Hitachi. Uh, so weather is looking like a bunch of expansions and we are in 2023. We also have some great guests that we are starting to get lined up. So ahead of time. So look forward to that. Thank you all so much for joining us this week and we will see you at the round table.